Amen. God is good all the time. Well, I like how Pastor John does that every Sunday. <laughs> I just had to do it too. Well, I hope you're praying for our mission team. We have one coming back from Mexico. And uh, that's not a, a real safe place to go anymore, as you know. But the most dangerous place is where our pastor and 19 of our members are in the Middle East. And so I told them, a couple of them when they left, I said, I'm going to pray for that shield that uh, blocks all the rockets that are fired from Hamas and the Gaza Strip. Almost every week there are rockets flying into where they were this week, last week. How many of you knew that? Would you raise your hand? Okay, let's pray for the shield, amen. <laughs> let's pray for God to protect everyone who's traveling. This is a dangerous world we're living in. Would you agree with that? Amen. The dangerous world that we're living in. It's not getting, it doesn't seem like it's getting any safer either. But uh, how many of you have really enjoyed watching the pictures of Israel? As some of them, have, they've posted lots of different ones. How many of you want to go next year? Okay. I'm not getting up a bus just yet, but I'd love to go again. Uh, there's nothing like going to Israel. I'll just, just tell you, uh, my wife and I were there. I hate to tell you how long ago, but it's, it's been almost 40 years. But we, we went twice, early in our ministry when we were actually young. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I pulled out my diary uh, journal that I had written in 1980 and I read through every day where we visited uh, the Sea of Galilee and I walked down where Jesus maybe broke the loaves and fishes and uh, spoke blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and he began to tell them the wonderful sermon on the mount and I, I, I remember the garden tomb. I remember uh, going to Calvary and uh, the hill of the skull. And I wrote every night where we went. I went what God had said to me about that journey. And I, I just, I relived that from 1980, just, just before they left. I reread that. And I told Pastor John, I said, John, be sure you journal every night. And uh, one day, years down the line, you're going to, you're going to read that, and it's going to be like you're there all over again. And you've never, if you've never experienced the Holy Land, Israel, uh, maybe you'll never go in this lifetime. One day, we'll, we'll get to go back because, you know, King Jesus is going to reign in that city, the holy city of Jerusalem. Amen? Amen. He, he's going to reign there, and we're going we're to walk those streets, and we're going to enjoy it one day. But it is a wonderful trip, and I would encourage you, if you're able to, maybe next year when manna goes back, and uh, takes a group from our church. I saw a picture of 19 of our family, a uh, church family over there, and uh, having a wonderful time. Well, I love the sounds of Christmas. Don't you love the sounds of Christmas? And I love the setup here. I think the staff have done a wonderful job decorating not only this, but also our church. And I love Christmas. How many of you, Christmas is the favorite time of the year? It's a favorite time, isn't it? You know, I would encourage you to Make all, every, uh, every holiday event that you can make and enjoy the music, enjoy the songs. I love Hallmark. I'm getting, now in my retirement, I'm getting to enjoy Hallmark movies. 
the best part is when they embrace and they put that really nice kiss on each other. And I said, honey, it's about over. <laughs> when they kiss, it's, you're, it's about done. It's time, it's time for the next one to come up. <laughs> but anyway, I love, I love the music. Our radio is uh, tuned on a station that just plays Christmas music. And uh, when Hallmark movies aren't on, our channel on television is on the songs of the season. And guess what? It's playing Christmas songs all over again. But I love the music we sang today. I, it reminded me, I just thought of it as uh, we were singing that last song, which I love. And I love the praise and worship music. I, just, I love the old songs. I love the new ones. But in Psalms 40, if you're with it, this is not my text. It just kind of came to me. And that's the problem with old preachers is that you never know. <laughs> what's going to come in their mind, but I, <laughs> Psalms 40, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry, and uh, he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set up my feet on a rock. He established my steps and put a, what does that say? A new song in my mouth. I love the old songs, but I love the new ones too. I love the songs we're writing today. The songs of praise, the songs that lift up the name of the Lord Jesus. Many of them mirror the old hymns and the old songs. That, they mirror the messages. And so uh, it's kind of like movies that get made again. Songs have the same themes. And so our Christmas songs are, are celebrated everywhere. And the song that we're going to highlight today uh, that we sang earlier is a wonderful song, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And I love it because uh, the songs highlight a certain particular theme. And there are only so many, but there are wonderful themes that we're given here in the Scriptures about Christmas. And uh, last week, um, we read uh, and, and we talked about the song that would uh, uh, hark the herald angels. And the theme was Emmanuel. pastor talked about God with us. And God is coming to visit us, and God is going to dwell with us. And so, and the reason God came to dwell with us, you know, we recognize that he came to feel our pain. He came to feel our sorrow and our grief and our loneliness and hunger and to, to feel thirsty and to go through the human experience and all the sleeplessness that goes with that and the, the nights that he's been in prayer all night. And so the theme of God coming to us is to become our compassionate high priest so he would know and feel the pain and the sorrows that we have in this life. And I'm telling you, there are plenty of them. As you journey life, you recognize there are great joys, you know, there are wonderful joys, but there are also some very deep valleys. And I, I really appreciate the staff a couple of weeks ago, they, uh, the day that we had the Lord's table, when they, they all shared in the psalm, our greatest and most favorite psalm, Psalms 23, the Lord is my what? Shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He cares for us. Well, that's the theme of the, of the song that we have today. It's really the second verse, from God, our, from God that is our Father, the blessed angels came unto certain shepherds with tidings of the same, that he was born in Bethlehem, the Son of God by name, and it's tidings of comfort and joy. I love how it's said in a minor key. And uh, I read that, and I saw, I remember that. And so this week as I'm preparing and thinking the last couple of weeks about that particular song, I heard it come up on the television and the music channel, and then on the radio I heard it again. But it was written so long ago. You realize that that song was written in the 1500s? That was before, you know, before I was born. <laughs> so 
it's, it is a, a theme that's been carried, but Charles Dickens brought it to prominence in his, his old uh, movie uh, back in 1843. Charles Dickens wrote about the Christmas carol, and they sang in the Christmas carol that song, God rest you merry gentlemen, but Scrooge seized the ruler and just scared the singer, and the, the singer fled. Now, we, we see that movie remade, Jimmy Stewart, and it's a wonderful life. You know, and it's the same theme. It's the, it's the evil banker. Sorry if there's any bankers here. But, <laughs> but there was an evil banker there that was foreclosing on everyone, and he was, he was the Scrooge, you see. But they were singing that song again, and you can, you can hear it. How many of you listen to that old movie again every year? Anybody do that? Yeah, I'll, I like to watch it again. My wife goes in the other room, but I, I still like to watch it until a Hallmark movie comes on again. But, but, but you know, it's, it's a theme that carries. And so then the angels came. And, and the wonderful theme that is given is the, the angels came and announced it to the shepherds. Now, there's a backstory there, and I'm going to give you that. But let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, it's a wonderful story that's given. It's the typical Christian story that we hear so often. Uh, in uh, Christmas time. Luke chapter 2, and uh, I'm going to read the first 20 verses, so I think they have them for us. I would have you stand, but you've been standing a long time, so I'm going to let you sit, okay? All God's people said, I thought you liked that, but verse 1, reading. Let's read it together, and we have it up here if you don't have your Bible or your device. And it came to pass in those days that it a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered or taxed. The census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria, and all went to be registered, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because there was, uh, he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed or his spouse wife, with, who was great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country, shepherds. Here's, here's the theme today, the shepherds. The shepherds were... Uh, living or abiding out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid or so afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Isn't it amazing? Every time you see an angel show up, he knows he's going to scare them half to death. So the first thing he says is, Don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be scared to death because they, they scare them. The angel said, don't be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. There's the message. Came to the shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, the Savior. The only Lord and Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's the Messiah. He's the one that we've been looking for for hundreds and hundreds of years and prophesied. And this shall be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly, if the angel didn't scare them, this would scare you. The multitude of heavenly hosts, those shining light beings, lit up the heavens. <laughs> I've often sat out at night thinking about that scene. wonder what it would be like. You know, I mean, I love to go out in the country and sit out in the, in the night when the, the scars are bright and you can almost see the Milky Way. You know, sometimes in the mountains in Colorado, it looks bright. When I go to West Texas to my grandpa's farm and I, I sit out on a cold winter night and it's clear and it seemed like you could just reach up and grab a couple of those stars. And then you see the falling stars come down. But you realize on a night like that, angels fill the heavens. This angelic choir. And how, how wonderful. This, this is one of the songs of Christmas. So there was a heavenly host. It says they were saying, but they were singing. Glory to God in the highest. On, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. It's kind of a short song. They just sang it over and over again. But I'm telling you, they were amazed. And so when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the angels said, let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. He has told us. The lowly shepherds. And they came and made haste and found Mary and Joseph the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered. I mean, she just meditated, thought about it, mulled it over in her mind, every detail. She pondered this in her heart, all these things. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Well, I love, I love this passage. But it's, uh, the theme here is the fact that the, the announcement, the last week the theme was God has come with us. God who's who's put on the robes of human flesh, who come to feel our pain and to understand what we go through and as we live in a world that's darkened by sin, as we live in a broken world. But, but today, we bring you tidings of comfort and joy. We have to understand that Jesus Christ has come, but he's, he's announced it to the shepherds. He's announced it to these lowly servants but I want you to notice as you see that they, the announcement came not to the scribes and to the Pharisees. It didn't come to Herod. It didn't come to Caesar Augustus. That was a name they added to Caesar to make him feel everyone should worship him. Caesar Augustus. The August Caesar, meaning God-like Caesar. See, So the announcement didn't come to the, the wealthy it did not come to the rulers of the day. It didn't come to the religious of the day. It came to the lowly shepherds of the day out on the hillside. It came at night. It came when they were out there being attended to their sheep. And so, number one, if you're looking at your outline in your bulletin, it says the shepherds were, and it is, they were attentive. They were watching their sheep. They were working the third shift. I don't know how many have ever worked the third shift. But these shepherds were working really around the clock. But it was the third shift for them, and they were attentive. They were, they were ab, 
absolutely dedicated to their sheep. And they were, they were, they had before had heard all the great shepherds that had lived and served in Israel, and they took seriously their work. And so no matter what you're doing, when you're working and you're attentive, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's, a, it's amazing that God says, whatever you do, whatever work you do, work is unto the Lord, not unto men. Colossians tells us that we should be attentive, we should be active, and so they were busy doing what they're supposed to be doing, and God comes to them when they're busy doing their job, when they're busy being attentive to the work they were given to do. And then number two, the shepherds accepted the message. You know, the songs that we read here, there are songs uh, about the coming of Christ and the birth of Christ, and the very first one is in if you turn the one page back in Luke, it is in Luke chapter 1. Zacharias, or excuse me, Mary, wrote the song. Mary, in chapter 1 and verse number 46, when the angel appeared to her, she believed it. She received it, and she wrote a song. And you read it in verse number 46, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. He's regarded the lowliest state of his, this little maiden servant girl. She wrote a wonderful song. And then the second song is written is Zacharias, the father uh, of John the Baptist. In the same chapter, in verse number 67, he writes a song because he did not believe. You see, Mary believed. The shepherds accepted the message. They believed it. They believed what the angel had said, but Zacharias didn't. He's in there serving. He's the priest. He's the old preacher, but he didn't believe. He'd prayed for a child, but somehow he just forgot to pray about it anymore. It's not going to happen, you see. And so he did not believe it, and so what happened? The angel said, well, you mean you want me to explain how this is going to happen? You don't, you don't believe this? He said, I'm Gabriel. I'm the one standing in the presence of God. I'm the one that has come from the very throne of God to tell you you're going to have a child. It's going to be a great child. It's going to be John the Baptist. You're going to name him John. And you're not going to believe me. He said, well, guess what? You're just, you're just not going to, you're going to be speechless for the whole time of this. Can you imagine telling a preacher he's going to lose his voice? That's, that's a bad thing. That's not good. But he didn't, for nine months, he didn't have a voice. But you know when he got a voice? He praised the Lord. He wrote a song. Verse 67, he said, Now his father Zacharias was, Zach, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied, and he blessed the Lord. Verse 68, Bless the Lord God of Israel, he, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Because John was going to announce the coming of Messiah. He was going to prepare the way for the Lord. So there's, there's a wonderful song there. But then there's another one in chapter number 2. When Simeon, the old guy, was there when they brought Jesus back in to offer the sacrifice and to, as the law required of a, of a son that was born and given, they came back to the temple and Simeon was there. And Simeon said, oh, he raised him up. He lifted him up. And uh, as he raised him up, he began to this wonderful prophecy in 
song. In verse 29 of chapter 2 is another song of Christmas. He said, Now, Lord, you are letting my servant depart in peace, according to my word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the who? To the Gentiles. Yeah. I'm glad he, I'm glad he thought about us. You see, I'm not Jewish. You know, I'm, I'm Texican. <laughs> he, made his, he made the good news available to all the, the Jews and the Texicans and, and, and Gentiles. It's all the rest of you. <laughs> They're not Jewish. Oh, I'm so glad. But he sent it to the shepherds, and they accepted it. You see, Mary believed Zach, Zacharias a little hard. Have you ever been a little hard to believe what God is telling you? Have you ever been a little reluctant? Have you a little bit, been a little bit resistant to what God is saying for you? Sometimes we get resistant when the Word comes and the preacher preaches or someone teaches or we're reading and all of a sudden, or we hear a message on the radio and all of a sudden we're a little reluctant. See, that, that's a pretty human nature of us when we get hard-hearted, when we get a little bit stubborn. And uh, I often laugh when our pastor talks about being stubborn. You know, if you've ever heard a preacher say, now, now I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> like, okay, you've been lying up to this point. <laughs> That's always funny to me. But anyway, when he talks about, when your pastor talks about being rebellious, just believe him. It's true. <laughs> but oh, it's, it's amazing in how God changes us. It's amazing how God transforms us. It's the power of God to change our lives and to bring us to a place of faith, a place of, of joy when we receive the message because God has spoken to us. And here the shepherds accepted that message. Oh, do you remember when you accepted the message of Jesus? Do you remember that time? You know, you heard it. You heard the word about Christ, and you heard about maybe at a, at a set where there was a Christmas tree and the baby Jesus in the manger, you know. And, I, and who knows? where? Maybe it was in a revival. Maybe you listened to the radio. But you heard it, and all of a sudden, it was like God speaking to us. God speaking to me. He was saying this to me. All of a sudden, the word that was coming forth was like a dagger going into our heart. You remember that? I, I love that. I love that thought. I love that understanding that God speaks directly to us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, through His word, that He brings tidings of comfort and joy. And so the, the shepherds, they accepted the message. I remember when I accepted it. I remember when I, I realized this is God speaking to me, that I need Christ, that I need a forgiveness, I need a Savior, that I need one to come and rescue me from my willfulness, from my rebellion. So the shepherds were attentive. They accepted the message. And all oh, number three, the shepherds acted upon it. How good it is. That's number three. They acted upon what they had been given. And notice what they did. 
If you look back in Luke chapter number 2, as the angels departed, after they heard this great song, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. As they heard that, then it says, they immediately said, let's go. Let's get up. Let's leave these sheep out to themselves. Let's get into Bethlehem and see this thing that's been made known to us. God has spoken to us through these angels. Let's get in there. And let's. So verse 6 says, they made haste. Verse 16, I'm sorry. Verse 16, they made haste and found Mary and Joseph. And not only did they make haste to see it and to believe it, but then they made known the saying. And so they were so excited. Verse 17, they made widely known. They told everyone they could tell. They went everywhere they, everywhere they went, they told about Jesus. And about finding the baby and the angels uh, announcing to us and the Savior and the Messiah that we've long awaited has come. And they were so excited about it. When's the last time you got excited about telling somebody about anything? You know? Maybe your team won yesterday. And you couldn't wait to get on the news. I, I couldn't wait to go up and see Matt today. Now, he's in children's church because Georgia lost. And he's a bulldog fan. I, I can't can't wait to, to to meet him this morning and and, and express my delight. <laughs> but you see, we get excited about news. I do that with Carlos. And when when the Yankees got beat, I could not wait to see Carlos because he's always got a Yankee hat on. You know, for a guy like that to come from Guatemala to come to America to become a citizen and to wear a Yankees hat in Texas, that's grace. Amen? That is absolute grace. Bye, I love you, buddy. I'm glad, glad you're here. In spite of that, in spite of that, see, that's, that's what you call grace. Amen? <laughs> grace of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The message of comfort and joy has come to all, everyone. And I love it because we have so many nations represented here. We have so many nations represented by people that have come here and gone on to other nations because the message came for everyone. But it's amazing to me that it came to these shepherds. They were so excited. But you know the backstory about the shepherds? They were the unlikely messengers. They were, they were so uh, uh, mistreated and misthought of in the day. You know, back in the day, the days of the beginning of the nation of Israel, shepherds were, were, were just really a, a, a noble people. It was a noble profession. Abel, you know, was a shepherd boy, and God accepted his sacrifice, see, in the, in the garden. And so shepherding was a, a noble profession. Abraham was a shepherd. Isaac and Jacob and Moses. And then David we read about. And then Jesus, as we, we know, Jesus is the great shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. Everything about Christ's life is compared to shepherds. And so it was a noble profession. But for some reason through the years, that nobility lost. And they became the lowest class of people. It lost its luster, and the shepherds were thought of as and considered ceremonially unclean. 
because of the nature of their work, they were unable to attend religious services. They were isolated and forgotten. Because of their flocks needed to move around from, for new grass and water, they never stayed in one place. And so they were treated with contempt and with mistrust. They were suspected of stealing from others, and they, they were known to be brash and bold, and living out in the fields away from society made them unappealing to most people. So that's, that's the shepherds. Most of them, the testimony was, they had brash mouths, and they said things they shouldn't be saying. But God knew these shepherds. He knew what kind of shepherds they were. They were attentive. He already knew they're going to believe. God knew them. God sent a message to lowly, despised shepherds, the lowliest on the rung in that day. It's not unusual because many occupations have been elevated one time or are not elevated anymore. But the shepherds were like that. But Jesus, the Messiah, the message, came to lowly shepherds. Now, don't, don't miss this. This is the message of Christmas. God looks down on a world that's broken. Yeah. We are all broken. We are all men who, women who have needs. And we're all surrounded by imperfect family members. We're all living in a broken world. And it's more broken all the time. But I'm going to tell you, God knows our brokenness. Amen. He knows where we are today. He knows what's going on in our family. He knows the grief. He knows the sadness. He knows the brokenness that our world is living in today. And you know, I tell you, I, I sit every week with a, a group of men and I've been doing it for a year and a half now, that they all confess every Monday night their brokenness. I sit down with that little group, and I say, Hey, my name is Mike. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from depression, worry, workaholic, and control. But I thank God I'm here with you. I love that. They don't know I'm a preacher. They just know I'm a broken guy that needs Jesus every day. And I love that. I've been involved in this recovery ministry a year and a half. And I pray to God next year we're going to have it at Hallmark. Because we're living in a more broken world than we've ever had. Would you agree with that? We need the rescue. I love that fraternity. The women are on the other side and the guys are on this side. It goes back to Jewish worship where the women have to get over here and the men have to get over there. But, but hey, we're in there talking to one another. And iron sharpening iron. And we're saying, I need God every day. And this, it, it's been a wonderful journey. But here the shepherds were broken. And God gives them the wonderful message. The greatest message ever sent from heaven was sent to these lowly shepherds. Despised and lowly, they were broken. You see, Jesus came. The Bible says he came not to call the self-righteous to repentance. But he came to call men. He came, he's seeking to say that which was lost. He came to bring us back to him. And the message of Christmas is that we are all broken in one way or another. But the message has come that Jesus loves you. Amen. He knows you. He knows where you're at. 
He knows what's going on in your life. He even knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And he says, I've come to tell you that Jesus saves. I have good tidings of great joy that shall be to all people. Oh, that Christ the Savior has been born. You know, when Jesus walked this world, he went to so many broken people, didn't he? You remember the maniac of Gadara who was living among the tombs and chains falling off his arms. He had broken the chains and tried to bind him. He had taken knives and stones and cut himself. But when he met Jesus, they came back. He had been delivered of his demons. He was sitting clothed, seated, and listening to Jesus in his right mind. See, that's the power of Jesus. Amen. And so it was when he came to that Samaritan woman who, was, who came to the well at noon because she didn't want to see, be seen by all the other respectable women. Jesus had time for her. And he spoke to her and said, if you knew who I was, you'd ask of me living water, and I would give it to you. And then he began very kindly to say, well, why don't you go call your husband? And so he said, well, I don't have a husband. He said, well, you've spoken the truth. You've had five, and the one you have is not your husband. But God loves you, and I'm here to tell you that I've come for you. You see, we're living in a world that needs to know the message. We're broken. But God doesn't care. He loves you anyway. He's not going to avoid you. He's not going to refuse you. He's not going to go around you. He's not going to look the other way and pretend he didn't see you. He is going to put his attention on you. Because the shepherds that were attentive found that Jesus is also attentive. Now, let me ask you this. Has Jesus been born in you? The message of Christmas that a Savior has been born. But I like the quote that's in your bulletin. And it says, Corrie Boone said, If Jesus were born 1,000 1, times in Bethlehem and not in me, then I would still be lost. If Jesus were born a thousand times in Bethlehem and not in me, then I would still be lost. I'm glad today that Jesus came for me. I'm glad today Jesus came for you. He is coming for you. He has a message of redemption and salvation for you. Would you just bow your heads for a moment? And as we close this morning, consider this question. Has Jesus been born in you? The greatest joy of Christmas is Jesus being born, not in Bethlehem, but in you. You say, I don't know how that happens. Well, I'm glad you ask. When we hear the message that Jesus loves us, that he died on that cross, that he was bruised and broken and bled out for us, it's because he was there loving you and loving me. He was saying, I've spread my arms out and let them nail them to the tree, but I laid my life down. Why? Because I love you. And I want you to be, I want you to have forgiveness of your sins. I want you to know that your brokenness doesn't have to remain. I've come to put the pieces back together of your life. I've come to mend up the brokenhearted. I've come to heal those who are sick. I have come to 
to deliver those who are captives, those who are bound by sin, bound by habits and hang-ups, bound by patterns of sin. I've come to deliver you. That's what Jesus does. And I'm telling you, I love to hear the testimonies of those who come to Christ. I love the videos that they're doing today of, of the testimony that people have been saved this year at Hallmark. And I love on Monday nights when I hear the testimony of those who've been delivered from weary, from hatred, from unforgiveness, delivered from being a workaholic, being delivered from being captivated by sin. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to deliver us. Jesus wants to deliver you. He came just for you. He died on that cross just for you and me. You can have him today. He can be born in you, but you have to invite him in. You have to ask him. He'll not force his way in your life. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus is extending to you. Will you, will you hear the message? God loves you. God cares about you. Invite him in to be born of Jesus. Would you pray the prayer and say, I need you, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on that cross for me. I thank you for loving me, speaking to me this morning. Oh, cry out to him. Let him save your soul. Let him be born in you today. Let him forgive your sin and deliver you and begin a journey. Begin a journey of serving Jesus, loving him, following him. God, we thank you for this day. Thank you that you're the Redeemer and Savior. Lord, I just pray now. May we let Jesus be born in us. And Lord, those of us who know him, those of us who have him, May we tell the good news. May we get excited like the shepherds and say, we have exciting news, Jesus. Jesus has come. He is the living Savior. Father, I pray, bless this time of invitation. In Jesus' name.